Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 64 of the Reinvention Me podcast. We live in a culture that talks about legacy, but in reality, we live in a legend world. And who better to talk to us about that than Dr. Chuck Stecker? And we're going to visit with him today on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Uh, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Hello, Armin. How are you? Good. How are you, Larry? Uh, I am doing well. I'm a little bit warm, though, because it's actually starting to warm up in Minnesota, know, which is like, it's it? about time. It's a miracle. It <laughs> it's, it's a, a miracle, miracle that happens yeah. every year. But yeah, every year, every year it's a miracle. <laughs> the snow goes away. I was in Colorado last week. In fact, Ooh. I was visiting with our guests that we have later on. Oh, nice. And they had snow in Colorado. Colorado like, does. I had to get back to Minnesota where there was no snow. That's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are listening to the Reinvention Me podcast, and this is the place where we talk about the things that can help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, the opportunities, and to look for the ventures that God's called you into. We have a great show lined up here. We are going to be interviewing a friend of mine, but a man who's just so well-traveled, hmm. so well-read. He's got two PhDs, and the guy's just brilliant. And even in all his brilliance, he's still my friend. <laughs> you know? See what you did there. <laughs> this is great. You're going to find all the show notes at reinventure.me slash 64 because we are in episode 64. Now, I mean, we're going to talk about something that I know you have an interest in. And frankly, when you texted me, you said, you know, I really want to do an episode on this. It kind of surprised me a little bit. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, because I don't think I was thinking about that at your age. You know, I don't want to do the your age thing here, but <laughs> it's true. You know we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's part of the appeal of the show, right? Is that we end up doing that anyway. But, but you know, we're talking about legacy, mm -hmm. of course. And tell me why that was important to you. All right, so, I mean, it's something that I've thought about before. I've cared about before. But my wife and I just had our 36-week checkup for our first child yesterday and, you know, I'm sitting here looking at ultrasound. It doesn't look like a blob anymore. It looks like an actual human being mm -hmm. in there now, you know? Mm -hmm. right. So it's like becoming more and more real that yep. there is going to be a child that I'm bringing into this world. And I can't help but ask myself, what am I going to do with this child? I don't want to just raise her to be successful, strong, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to leave a legacy. And it's the first time where I'm looking at my life and thinking, okay, what I accomplish in life is not as important as what she accomplishes in life. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden, that's what makes this legacy topic all of a sudden a priority to me and mm -hmm. not just something I think about once in a while. Yeah. Or that's something that other people think about, you know, and it's not really pertinent to you. Right. Yeah. Right. I can't think of a better person, really, frankly, in all of the people that I know. And I know, you know, a ton of people too, but I'm just really delighted that Dr. Chuck Stecker is going to be joining us here. 
And he is the president and founder of a chosen generation and the center for intergenerational ministry. What I love about Chuck is he's got this passion for people of all ages and not just to keep where they're at, but to integrate them mm. and to share information, knowledge, encouragement. Mm. And if you ever think about somebody as an encouraging person, I'll tell you, you spend a few minutes with Chuck and you will get, this guy is an encourager. Yeah. And I have many advisors. I have some mentors, but I have very few who I would say are advocates. And that is a super level of mentorship because an advocate is somebody who is invested in you, not just giving you advice, but they are really wanting to see you succeed and right. they will do whatever they can to make that happen. And Chuck is one of those guys that I met through the National Coalition of Ministries to Men, which I'm a part of. And he was also a part of that. And we've gotten to have a great bond together. So I'm delighted he can be part of this. Now he holds two doctorates. The guy's, like I said, really, no really deal. sharp. And he served <laughs> in the army for 23 years, including in the joint staff at the Pentagon level. So, I mean, the guy's wow. like, you know, demonstrated all that. Has and, he landed on the moon yet? <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> that I'd ask. No, I don't think so. We'll have to ask him when we get him in here. But he's also on the board of Casa 50 Plus Network, which is an organization serving older Americans and how they can integrate their Christian experience into the world, and along with the Christian Service Brigade Ministry, of course, now which is younger. So this whole intergenerational thing is born and bred of what Chuck is about, but he travels around the world, and the guy is just nonstop. I mean, I think mm. I have energy. This guy does me <laughs> over one more, and he's got a wonderful wife, Billy, that they've been married 37 years, three children, seven grandchildren, lives in my home state of Colorado. Chuck Stecker, welcome to the program, sir. Larry, what an honor to be here with you, and what an honor to meet Armin in this. As I've listened to your podcast before, I'm, one, deeply humbled and very grateful to have this opportunity just to be with you, my friends. Hey, Chuck, I'm going to steal that deeply humbled trophy because you listen to our podcast. So <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <laughs> that puts me in the deeply humbled you. category. Yeah, I'm with you, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I got, think we can we can walk this one together, Larry. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Well, I'm so glad you're able to be on this show, and I know our listeners are going to really profit from what you have to say. But you have been thinking about this topic of legacy for a long time. What got you interested in it? Well, you know, it started with the fact, as I started reflecting on my life, I mean, I listened to you when you talked about the 36-week checkup. My father was adopted, ended up spending some time. We don't say prison in our family because... It just got such a negative connotation. What we say is he got a three to five year scholarship to play rock <laughs> hockey for one of the institutions. And it just sounds so much better, that scholarship thing. But this really came about when our two sons were in the 1513, I started looking at the issue of rites of passage. And part of that led me into helping them come into manhood and our daughter and so forth. But then that led me to this deeper understanding of legacy versus legend. And Larry, you nailed it. We talk about legacy. You're going to see the papers filled with that word, but look deeply. And what people are really referring to is the legend mm -hmm. versus the legacy. Talk about that further. What do you mean by legend there? Yeah. A legend is left by what you do. It's established by the things you create, the things you do, and what you're known for in that doing end of your life. A legacy, on the other hand, is who you really are. And a legacy is the fiber and fabric of you as a person that's passed from generation to generation 
and even generations yet to be born. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this in so many things in our conversations. It's the difference between what you do versus who you are. Mm. Legacy is emitted because of who you are. The legend is established because of what you do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Wow. Chuck, we like to start every episode with an inspiring quote that we call Inspire Me. So we like to ask our interview guests as well to bring it. And what's been something that's been inspirational for you? Well, it's basically the statement that says you establish your legend by what you do and you establish God's legacy by who you are. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I Is that a Chuck Stecker quote? I don't know that anything's original with me, Larry. <laughs> I've had so many people pour into my life. I kind of wrote that out in one of my moments and as a part of the book that God allowed me to write. Oh, so, all right. Well, I'll, I love I'll it. take partial credit for writing it down. <laughs> well, like all of us, we stand on the shoulder of giants, right? Absolutely. Hey, so I want to ask you a question, Chuck. I tend to hear about legacy from people who are thinking about retirement and what they do with the rest of their life. Or, you know, we hear a lot about legacy in the news cycles with the president that's winding down his years and what kind of legacy of office is he going to leave and that his focus on, you know, whatever he does is about leaving a legacy. Why is it important for people to think about legacy before the end time, so to speak? <laughs> Larry, I just had the privilege of speaking and leading the going home celebration for my little brother, seven years younger than I am, yeah. just a month and a half ago. Right. So when you use that word in time and that we think about this, he and I had those conversations, how we wished we would have learned some things much earlier. Mm. My passion is to invest in young men like Armin, who's becoming a father for the first time and sees that blob turning into a person that God used him to create, and he's going to now be responsible for fathering. So I think guys like you and I, and I have you by considerable years, you know, I'm just happy to be in the same room with you, breathing the same air. But the reality of it is, if we can transmit these principles, I think it's going to change the way we do business in terms of fathers, in terms of men. It'll have a lot to do with where we invest our lives rather than where we spend our lives. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Chuck, can I put you in a mentor role very quickly? Sure. Me being the age that I am, you know, first time father, this is my first time thinking about this legacy thing. And you're talking about how passing that on to my generation, how it could change the world. Can you tell me why you believe that this legacy topic is something that could change the world through my generation being passed on from your generation? Man, I love that question, Armin. And here's part of it is because I grew up in the 60s. And if you know much about that generation, you weren't there, but I can explain it to you. We grew up believing we could change the world. Hmm. Now with 10,000 baby boomers a day turning 65, if you talk to them, we still believe we can. Here's the neat thing. Your generation is that next generation really believing you can change the world. You talked about that from a number of different roles. You talked about that and alluded to that in terms of the role you have with Larry on the podcast and the Readventure Me, and you talked about it as a father. And here's the biggest thing. I listened to you in the introduction there, and so you asked me to slide into that mentor role for just a second. So let's pretend nobody else is in the room with us, Armin. You made a statement. You said what you accomplish is going to be secondary to what you want your child. And I think you said that your desire is for what she accomplishes to be greater than what you accomplish. What you just spoke of is passing on the mentality of a legend. 
because the Mm -hmm. legend is based on what we accomplish. And so the first thing I would tell you as a friend is, let's shift our focus before she gets here and talk about who you are as a person, the fiber and fabric of you that you want passed on to her. But here's where the deal changes for you. Too many of us as parents tried to raise good kids and we raised them as kind of the end product. If we could just show them as good kids that we had. Mm-hmm. What I'm suggesting and what we've written about is we must teach the next generation to be the teachers of the next generation. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would talk to you about is from the earliest age on, as your child, your daughter begins to interact, allow her to teach you things that you're teaching her. Because we know this, what a child learns to teach someone else, they keep. What they learn just to be tested on very often sits there unless it's tested on a repetitive basis. Mm -hmm. So what my mentoring is to you, Armin, right now is as your daughter comes into this world and God presents you with this amazing gift and opportunity, from the very beginning, think about praying for her spouse, and think about teaching her to teach your grandchildren. And when you do that, it changes the way you see her and what you teach to her. Oh, man. Wow. Let me give you an example, if I could. Our son, who's now 31, when he was 18, we were riding in the car together, and he made a statement. And I, I offered him some advice I thought would be very helpful at that season of his life. But he looked at me, and he says, with kind of rolling his eyes, and I said, so have I told you that before? And he kind of laughed and he said, yes, yeah, several times, Dad, I think I could have finished the sentence for you. <laughs> and I said, well, Court, did you think I was saying that to you? And he gave me that look, you know, that only an 18-year-old could do and looked around the car to kind of give me that impression we were the only ones there. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I said, no, Courtney. I said, you're 18. You quit listening to me a long time ago. You know that. <laughs> I know that. We're both okay with that for now. I said, but that wasn't for you. That was what I want you to teach my grandchildren. But the only way I have to teach my grandchildren right now is to keep pouring into you what I expect you to teach them. Mm. You know, we laughed Mm. about that, but I can tell you that was at 18. He's 31. And on many, many occasions since then, we've had great conversations. And he's looked at me and said, so dad, was that for me or your grandchildren? I said, well, Actually, for my grandchildren, Court, but use it where it's needed today. (laughs) That's a good way to do it. (laughs) But he understands that. I want him to be the trainer of my grandchildren for the sake of training his grandchildren. And the Bible speaks of that specifically. Well, I think part of what you're talking about there, Chuck, is having a long-term view for your kids. And you said, pray for their spouse, you know. Right now. Yeah, that's like a scary thing to even think about, you know, because you're like trying to figure out, I mean, right? There's no instruction manual uh, with this I, thing. I every time I hear spouse, I think gun collection. That's, <laughs> I don't think prayer. I haven't right. gone there yet. Right. <laughs> but that's... Well, now, Armin, could I suggest you pray you're a good shot? <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely pray that. <laughs> you got to start someplace, man. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. I will say this, that I asked this question of parenting to all ages of fathers that I come across and you're the first person to put it to me that way where it's not just about what I teach my child. It's about how I teach her to teach her children. 
that literally shifts the way I think about parenting. That literally shifts the way I think about raising her. That is so profound. I don't know if you know how impactful that is, but I'm literally sitting here trying to figure out how I'm going to rearrange everything I thought about raising my daughter right now. Well, you had made the statement that you wanted her accomplishments to be greater than yours. And what I would suggest is we all feel that way as a parent. Make no mistake about it. And even with my kids. But I'm learning to see that I want them to pass on more of our faith. Remember this. My generation grew up saying because you had the Depression and then you had the World War and then Korea. And then we get into the 60s. And we had a generation saying that we want our kids to have more than we had. Well, we missed it. We wanted our kids to have more materially. Mm. And what God calls us to do is give them more spiritually than we had. Mm -hmm. So no matter how much I've given my kids, I want my children to do a better job of training my grandchildren than I did with my kids. So Chuck, I get how you interacted with your son to teach him to be thinking about how he's going to teach his children and they're going to teach their children. But what are some of the other ways that you can shift from a legend mentality to a legacy mentality? I think one of the very first things, and Armin, I'll tell you this, I've listened to Larry on this as we've talked about our families, by the way, and I've learned a lot in those conversations. Number one thing is focus on and learn to be proud of who your children are, not what they do. Mm-hmm. We have created this trophy for participation mentality. Everybody gets a big trophy and a watch for showing up. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? They need to be praised for who they are, and then let's reward them later for what they do. We've changed this thing around, and it's the culture we have. So the biggest thing, learn to focus on and be proud of who your children are and that they know that. And then, as a result, what they do. Too many focus on praising their children for what they do. And as a result, that becomes who they are. Someone seeking the praise of always having to do something to receive it. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot in some of our episodes about Mm -hmm. validation and that we live for validation. And I think a lot of that is because we grew up in parenting systems that talked about accomplishment and made accomplishment the topic and the pursuit, the gold ring, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But so did our parents, by the way, Larry. Oh, yeah, for sure. So when I look at my dad, he did the best he could. Right. Nobody trained him. Yep. Nobody prepared him. So I had to come out of that and I had to be that transitional time. And as a result, I was so much of my dad and made so many mistakes. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, if you look at me and it's good, God did it. If you look at me and it's bad, believe me, it's a lot worse than you think. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to ask a clarifying question. So I remember the first time I heard this, I didn't fully grasp it until I got an example, but to your point of praising them for who they are rather than uh, what they do or what they accomplish. Can you give a specific example to that, whether it's for my kid or... Yeah, I can work at it. Our granddaughter that's a junior in high school is on the varsity lacrosse team. She made the varsity in a school of 2000 when she was a freshman. So I'm proud. Last week I was at a lacrosse game. She probably had the best game of her life. Now, early on in the first three minutes, she jumped up for a ball with another girl, came down on her ankle, and literally had to be helped off the field. They retaped it, tightened everything up, put her back in. She's primarily a defensive player, midfielder, scored a goal, and probably had four steals on the offensive end. 
I sent her a note afterwards to tell her how proud I was of her. I didn't mention the goal. She knew she scored. I didn't mention the steal. She knew what she had done. I told her I was so proud of her for the character and leadership she exhibited by playing through pain and being a leader on the field, even though it was difficult. And the neat thing about that is that what you praised her for were transcendent qualities she could take into any kind of setting. Yeah. She's at a crossroads. She may not want to play college-level lacrosse because she has said basically what she wants to do, she may have to focus on her studies, and that may be in conflict, and she's making that decision. So her decision to play hurt, play tired, and play tough, the character it exhibited was far more important than the goals she scored and the steals, really. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, when you started out on this, Chuck, and you got into this, seeing the different paradigms between legacy and legend, how did that change you? Well, I had to look in the mirror at myself to see what I had been doing. And that's really tough because we try to get through things. And let me give you an example. The two shooters, you know, this past week was the anniversary of the Columbine shooting. Yes, right. The and trials I was, just started I was at that now, memorial right? the night before the anniversary with a young lady. I walked through that memorial. Two of the parents of the shooters, Klebold and Harris, I remember very distinctly that one of the parents, this was in the headlines of the paper in 1999, and it said, I thought we had raised a pretty good product. Think about that statement. And then went on to elaborate, was graduating from college, had already been accepted at a Division I level school, and would be off in college in a few months. By the very essence of his words, the father said, I thought I had gotten through this, and we had done it okay. He would be off in college, and frankly, for a lot of people, once their kid goes to college, that's really the last time they ever live full-time at home, other than visiting. And this idea of a product. And sometimes we need to look in the mirror, which is what it required me to do, and go, wow, God's really done something with my kids in spite of me, Mm -hmm. and I've still got time to change and make a difference in their life. And so I really went on a quest to change, and I made a lot of mistakes because there was so much ingrained in me about praising them for what they do and even giving the error of expectation, you got to do better. And every time they would do better to try to cheer them to the next level. I think that's my biggest issue is I had to look in the mirror real hard on this thing to see where I needed to change. And it was in what I valued in them, what I communicated to them that I valued in them to make it who they were and not what they did. So I'm going to throw a little curveball at you. One of the aspects of my life that I feel like I'm a legacy of is a couple by the name of Bob and Sue Rampy, whose ministry was a big part of me even kind of accepting Christ into my life and going into the ministry route. And I'm still with them. I've never parted ways with them. And I genuinely feel like I'm a legacy to their ministry that they've, you know, pieces of it they've handed off to me. So kind of removing the father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter, legacy piece, but thinking in terms of leadership and ministry and business, there's ways that you leave a legacy in the things that you do in your professional life. Do you have any advice there in terms of how to leave a legacy in your professional work or ministry? Yeah, I think you said throw a curveball, but the reality of that was straight down the middle of the plate. Somebody should be able to hit that one. (laughs) The reality of it is, is who you are should be the same at your home, and it should be the same at work. It should be the same as when you're in your men's group or you're on this podcast. And, you know, I 
our family's going through a tough time. My little sister is in the hospital, and mm-hmm. and there's been some other things. A very close friend who's 47 had a stroke last week. I saw him at the hospital today. Jeez. I was on the phone two days ago with one of our sons, and we were talking about it, what I could do. And I told him, you know, the part of me right now is, is I want my kids and my grandkids to see that my faith is steady, solid, and real. And he said, Dad, we know that. And I said, no, you knew it yesterday, but it's got to be real again today. Mm-hmm. And we were talking. I said, I want my faith to be just as real privately with you on a golf course or when you see me in a workplace or speaking as it is to the people that see me in church and worship. And, you know, I just want to be the guy my dog thinks I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've seen that. So I don't think there's any difference, I mean, between the principles for raising your kids and the principles for being a man of integrity and how you pour into other people at the workplace in your professional life there. In fact, most of the people that are successful will say they became successful by investing in the people around them more than seeking the profit. The profit came because they invested and valued the people around them. Hmm. Wow. Well, let's bring this home, Chuck, and we like to leave our listeners with a challenge me, and that's just a practical application for how they might uh, apply the topic that we're discussing. So for our listeners, what's the one thing that you would tell them on how to make this transition between legacy or legend, or how would you challenge them? One of the things that's just happened in the last week is a new book out on the road to character by a guy named David Brooks. And one of the guys off the New York Times, and I listened to him speak about this, and he said the road to character is kind of a fork in the road, and you live your life for either your resume or your eulogy. Hmm. And the resume lists everything you've done in life to get the next position, all your honors. Mm -hmm. The eulogy, what do you want them to say about your character and who you were, not what you did? Hmm. And so I would say to the men And the women out there, are you living your life for the resume, for your next promotion and the honors, as if they're going to call you on stage? Or are you living your life for what's going to be said and felt about you as a person, the fiber and fabric of who you are? Mm. And for some, that may require taking a good look at the fiber and fabric, the character, integrity, those traits, you know, that you want to see lived out in your children your children's children, and even generations yet to be born. Mm, That's good. Well, that really is the choice between legend or legacy then that we can all make, isn't it? Chuck, how do our listeners find you? Larry, thank you. Uh, They can go to achosengeneration.org. Just the standard website, hit contact me, fill it out, and they'll hear directly from me on that in most cases. achosengeneration.org. And you should have me right there. Yeah, all right. So a chosengeneration.org. And Chuck is also the author of a book called Men of Honor, Women of Virtue, which you'll want to pick up. And he's got a chapter in there devoted to legacy and a lot about uh, rites of passage and great, great resource. I know that I uh, relied upon that when I took our kids through rites of passage as well. Unfortunately, Chuck, that's all the time that we have with you. And these conversations go by so quick. I wish we could spend more time with you, but I really appreciate you being on the show. Well, again, I'm very humbled and honored to be here with you. 
You're one of my heroes, Larry. And you <laughs> well, know, I appreciate the privilege of just being on the net with you, well, brother. I'm glad for you as well, my friend. And thanks again for that. Listen, for all of you who've listened to this episode, we thank you for staying with us. And you'll find the show notes for this episode at reinventure.me slash 64. If you like this episode, we'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher at reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. And of course, we always love to get an email or a question, don't we? We got a bunch of emails last week from people who listened to our EQ talk. Yeah, so yeah. that was fun. We love the interaction. And certainly reach out, leave us a message on our show line at 612 314 5447. Well, that's all the time that we have for this episode. And this is Larry Gates and Armina Sadi. And we also have our friend Chuck Stecker. Thanks for being here with us. All right. And we're all signing off and saying so long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>